Father, we thank you. We give you all the praise. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your kindness. And thank you for the grace you've given us to be here tonight. We acknowledge the fact that we don't know you know all. We don't assume that we know. We don't assume that we know at all. We ask, Father, that by your mercy tonight, you will teach us by yourself what you want us to hear and what you want us to learn out of your word, out of this class tonight in the name of Jesus. You know each and every of our souls and spirit and bodies, and you know that which needs quickening, that which needs help tonight. We ask, Father, that by the reason of your mercy and by the reason of your will, that you grant us help or to access that which is intended, intended and supplied tonight for our raising in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father because you've answered our prayers, Samoka, for in Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Amen. It's good to say amen. Amen. Thank you, our Father. Uh, I welcome everyone again tonight to live class. Thank you uh, for for joining class tonight. The Lord has been gracious. I hope we all had a great, uh, great uh, school of the spirit. I'm sure I don't have to ask that. It was, it was a beautiful time. So I hope we've been you know, keeping in the spirit and keeping in the grace that the Lord has given us uh, we thank Jesus for all that he has done and what he's still doing. Thank God for life class. And uh, welcome, 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 welcome once again. Amen. Uh, first of all, I'd like to, <clears throat> I will not make this mistake, I'd like to appreciate our pastors. Uh, I'll start from Pastor Jeff. Thank you for the opportunity to to take this class thank you thank you for sending me and uh i'm under you sir thank you i uh, appreciate you thank you for all that you do and uh thank you for being a covering for each and every one of us and i want to appreciate our pastor pastor ceci pastor ceci paul thank you so much for where you stand thank you for all that you do sir Really appreciate you. Thank you for being our elder. Thank you for you know that we cannot um, cannot shove aside. That is said you are an elder, so since I'm just taking that, uh, you know, and I know not just that he said. I know. So thank you um, for being an elder. Thank you for coming at the time you came. Thank you so much for your spirit and that which you supplied. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. Um, and I would like to appreciate Pastor Femi as well. Uh, our pastor, thank you for all that you do as well. Thank you for leading and helping and uh, watching over us. Uh, thank you for uh, the grace that you supplied as well. Uh, thank you. I really appreciate all that you are. 
thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I thank you as well and Pastor Ceci for uh, sending me an assistant. You know, thank you uh, for the support as well. Really appreciate. Amen. And I'd like to appreciate our wives as well and also my lovely wife. Thank you. Thank you so much for where you stand and in, in support. Thank you so much. We really appreciate and we appreciate you. Thank you. Uh, we can't thank you enough and uh, just pray that the Lord will continue to increase and guide each and everyone. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Really appreciate. Um, without further ado, I think we'll go to class Maharvansa. And I think uh, it will be a good time right now to just uh, take a quick a quick recap. Uh, I know we've had about three classes uh, from fellowship, about fellowship. And uh, we. it's not a break, but there's been a gap. So I'd like to have a recap if we can have a quick recap concerning the la no what we've learned so far uh in this chapter up until the last uh point i believe we stopped at different uh avenues and channels of uh coming into you know enjoying fellowship and i believe we stopped at the word uh, we we talked a little bit about <clears throat> fellowship with other saints as well, but I think the major place we stop is the word. Uh, but if somebody can, who will be the volunteer to quickly help us with a, a recap? I hope we've not forgotten. So I'll be looking, looking forward to a volunteer. Any volunteer? Okay. If, if there are no volunteers, uh, they will be voluntold. So, as I believe it's very important that we just, uh, at this point, we just, uh, we keep recap. Hello, Pastor. Good evening, sir. Good evening. Um, Pastor, I think last time we met, I think we stopped at fellowship with other saints in the channel. Yes, sir. Um, I think just to recap from from what I recall, um, we you know I think from the previous classes as well, we, we talked about the loving of the world, you know, looking at things that separate us from fellowship. So that other class, um, the last one for, from last year, we spent some time about loving of the world. Um, I know you ex we are trying to expose some spirits, but, you know, spirits are the ones that actually make us love the world because they are seductive spirits. And um, and, and really that's not what the spirits were originally designed for. You know, if if at all, it's the opposite, is to make us, you know, to attract us, attract us in a, like in a good way, but, you know, because it's now inverted, so they, they kind of seduce us away. And those are things that break fellowship, you know. And when we came to those channels of expressing fellowship, I know we spent some time around prayer. Um, I'm going to just talk about prayer because that was, you know, what stuck to me. I know you, you gave that analogy of, you know, um, lovers and how they communicate. 
um, if you love someone, you are also ties to the seductress thing or, or not um, or to a, a kind of an affinity with something you love. If you love the father, really, you will be, you have an affinity towards him. And one of the channels of, ex, of that expression is by prayer because prayer is like communication as we see in, you know, First Corinthians 14, um, the communication that's kind of exchanges mysteries. And you said that um, I think one of the things we we talked about was that mystery is in the place of prayers, you receive mystery. Place of prayer, you you can actually pick things from God, you know, things of different, um, from different, of different issues, basically. But you're just seeing that prayer is communication, prayer is fellowship, and prayer is, like you said, it's just, it's just you can't explain it all. It's not something, like Pastor Jeff said the last time, it's not something you can explain all. You just have to experience it. It's also like that love thing is that, you know, you just don't know what the pool is and you just keep, you know, because of there's a love um, affinity towards someone. And that's how it feels. It should feel like when you, are expressing that form of fellowship. Um, I think then we, we we talked about the you know worshiping and praising and the word of of course. Um, um, but we just wanted to just talk more on prayer because I remember that part clearly. And then we talked about fellowship with all the saints and you know how that should be our you know our way of life and we should not we should try to um, edify each other. I think. I'll just take a pause at this point. Um, just to open the floor if anyone else remembers yeah. more. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. That was a very concise uh, uh, recap. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Daniel. Yes. Mr. Daniel, thank you. Uh, thank you for... for <clears throat> for giving a quick recap for us. Really appreciate that. And that's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, does anybody also want to add to, let's say maybe things that we just mentioned uh, before the last, last class, just, you know, it could be short, quick, but I think, uh, I think this gives me a good start. But I'd just like to see if somebody wants to, to add to that um, from the last, uh, last class. Hi, sir. I'll try. Okay. Yes. Uh, so, what I can remember, I'll add to Daniel's point. I believe we talked about fellowship as, as an unbeliever, you can experience fellowship because you're under a different tutorship. That if you're undergoing fellowship, you have to be born again, and you have to experience the new birth. And also, you spoke of fellowship. Experience between having a relationship with God and having fellowship with God. That you can have a relationship with God as seeing God as your father that can provide your needs, that you can go to him as your father, you can talk to him having a relationship. But then fellowship is way more deeper that in fellowship, the Holy Spirit is in operation, that you have fellowship in different levels. You can have fellowship with the Holy Ghost on your intimate time as you're studying the word and also as Daniel said in prayer and also in worshiping but then you can have fellowship at a high level in terms as the body of Christ 
when, let's say, a group of fellows coming together, sharing the same vocation, calling, and profession. And, uh, yeah, fellowship in that kind of sense. And uh, oh, I'm trying to think. Uh, yeah, you now said, I think you spoke about, I believe it was in John, how the Lord said, I won't leave you comfortless or I'll send you another comforter. He'll be with you. He shall be in you. And how be the spirit of truth that he will show you all truths, who take of mine and reveal it unto you. So how the Holy Ghost, in our daily lives, we can be fellowshipping with the Holy Ghost and it helps build growth. And uh, I, I think I've tried. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. I do want to add to that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that uh, quick recap um, for adding to uh, what Daniel started. Thank you so much. I uh, appreciate that. And uh, thank you. Thank you. And uh, today, I guess before we go, I, I think we'll continue. Uh, before we continue, <clears throat> I'd like to see if somebody would love to be a volunteer for helping us read the scriptures. I believe we should also have it on the screen as well. But uh, uh, you can have today a volunteer that will help me read scriptures. I want to call names. So. If not, this no volunteer, no problems. Please, I'll help you. Okay, thank you so much. I believe that, uh, Wesley. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, um, welcome to class four of uh, life class called Fellowship. Um, and I'm trusting that the Lord will continue to baptize us more into this spirit, uh, baptize us into his fellowship, baptize us more. I think that's one of the, the main thing that the Lord would like us to have out of this. Mahoth El-Kassam, Al-Sifan, um, is that we would not just know about fellowship, but we'll be able to carry it, we'll be able to we'll be able to, to drink from it and that our walk with God will be a lot more, will be richer, right? Because this is one of the things that believers should enjoy is, a, is an integral part of every believer's walk. If a believer is missing in fellowship, uh, to be a difficult, uh, if I would say, uh, journey uh, it will be difficult to arrive at the end of our journey because if this fellowship is also a calling because we are called to it it's a calling for each and every one of us we are not it's not just uh you know some of the things we mentioned you know you know it's not one of those nothing about nothing about what is meant for believers should be optional but you know there are other things like uh, Holy Spirit is optional, you know, it's only for a few. And I think that there should be any sense like that when it comes to scripture, when it comes to the things believers should have, when it comes to anything about our destiny, which is ending in God, anything about that, knowing God, growing as believers, nothing should be optional. We should have all of it together. Nothing should be optional. You know, so if there is maybe any discouragement or any installation of maybe some kind of understanding that 
somehow comes out and just maybe consciously or unconsciously kind of sidetrack some things, you know, as maybe we'll learn it later or maybe it's not important now that the Lord will help us that we'll move out of such thought and know for a fact that everything concerning our journey is not optional. They are gift, they are blessings, Samaha, that the Lord has given that every believer should have. So fellowship is what we've been talking about in the last three class classes. And we define what fellowship is. Uh, and I think we should be reminded of our, of our major text, which is Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 36, uh, to give us a sense of the life of fellowship that the church had you know, in the beginning when the church started and they were telling us how powerful that fellowship was, that it was able to deliver the same mind and uh, the same passion, right? Was able to deliver that, the same mind, the same passion, and they do all things common meaning that somehow, you know, for them to be able to do all things common, somehow the Lord has helped them to come into some kind of the same mind, right, for it, for what they do to be common, right? So it's a, it's a blessing. So it, what that means for us is that we as believers, there's a lot to enjoy in God, around believers and in God all things that is designed around that, around the church, around believers, around God himself, are things that believers should, if, if you take account and look at it, if you fellowship well with believers, with the church, with God, you would have a very fulfilling life, a very fulfilling life. Even if we are, if you don't have money, even if you don't have anything, even when all kinds of things are happening around you would have a fulfilling life. Your life will not be tied to things around. Even when Satan brings brings different kinds of ideas and he brings all kinds of worries, the joy of fellowship would be your strength because the joy of the Lord is your strength. And when you are strong in the Lord, you are much more stronger. You are much more... Uh, yeah, uh, there's always like solid. I want to use, but I can't find a word to explain that. But you are a lot more solid than standard. You are you are guarded up. You are strong. You know when you enjoy all the things that the Lord has provided. So we divine what fellowship is, right? And of course, like you know, the recap. The only way you can enjoy fellowship is by being born again. And I think it's also a sign for us to know and understand that once you are born again. We should not see fellowship as a, like I just said, as an option, or it should not. We should not be ignorant of it. We should be well aware that we are initiated into a fellowship the moment we are born again, and then we understand that uh, there's a difference between in uh, fellowship and relationship. You have a relationship with God, which is birthed about your new birth experience and when you're born again you have a relationship with god that is defined and that does not change whether you are 
uh, let me put it, that does not change because you make mistakes spiritually or because, uh, I'm trying to use it, well, if, because we have, because uh, the thing is, it's possible to uh, still die, right? And at that time, of course, to do that, I think that's one of the things that we even talk about at the end of this chapter, talking about the unpardonable sin, right? Uh, but clearly we should understand that what we break when we sin is fellowship. We don't break relationship. Our relationship does not change because our spirit is recreated in Christ. Uh, because, I mean, of course, we're also remorseful. We are not just blatantly dishonoring God and saying, no, we don't want you anymore. Maybe it's just of sin, no weaknesses, those things, they don't break relationship. What those things break is fellowship. So it's our fellowship that wavers from time to time. And then we talked about um, uh, how to handle broken fellowship, right? Uh, if you have a broken fellowship, you can handle it. How to handle that? One of the major things that we learned from him, Hospana, is that um, when there's a broken relationship, you can come back to God. Uh, know that when you are born again, you don't automatically stop sinning right away, right? And as, as the book of First John, I think we read that First John a lot. It says, if we confess our sins, is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So this is an act of repentance. Say so if we confess our sins, it shows a heart that is willing to repent. It shows a heart that is willing to turn to God. So we know that there's we 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 can fall short, but if we confess, the Lord is just to forgive our unrighteousness, right? And then we know that sin is not in our spirit. When we get born again, but there are things like that, there are things like sin in our soul and our bodies that the Lord needs to uh, redeem. And then it takes time for God to save the soul entirely from sin before, you know, he moves the body to save us entirely there. And God is a loving father, right? Whoever forgives us whenever we sin and confess our sins. So we just sin that. Okay, so... When we, one of the things we also see is when we sin, right, we can be weak at heart uh, because of maybe what has happened, our conscience, you know, is smiting us, right? And therefore, we don't have boldness to come before God. But one of the things that we need to understand is that we have to walk by faith, right, to come out of condemnation, out of sin, and go to God that is ready to receive us. You know that we are frail. You know that we are made of dust, right? So as far as the West is from the East, that's as far as we have separated our sin from us. So whenever we confess our sin, it's separated so that they never meet again, right? West and East don't meet. You always have a West, you always have a East. Even, even though you go around the Earth, you always have a West and an East that don't meet. When, 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 you are in, when you are moving around, you always have a West to your West, you always have an East, they don't won't meet. The Lord has separated. So we know that we can go back to God and by faith come above condemnation. And then we talked about the enemies of fellowship, of course, sin and the love of this world and of course darkness. Uh, we talked a, a lot about what sin is and how it, how, it's, how it's an enemy of fellowship. And also, of course, we now talked about aha. This is the one that you know Daniel gave us a recap just now. Um, talked about prayer. Uh, 
is a means, right, and channel of expressing and coming deeply into enjoying fellowship. Uh, we talked a lot about prayer and also worshiping is also another thing. And then we, we also understand that both worshiping and praising God is also a form of prayer, right? Because, you know, as you are praying, as you are worshiping, you are actually singing and praying in your heart to the Lord. Uh, is a form of prayer. And, you know, our, our father, Papa Egin, also mentioned that praise is the highest type of prayer, right? So that the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. Right? That's Psalm 22, verse 3. That's uh, what the scripture tells us. And when we when we are praising and worshiping God, the Lord comes into that and then he fellowship with us in those things. Uh, and then, of course, where we talked again is that we have to study the word. And this is where I will pick up. Uh, I think I mentioned I will pick up again from here. Um, I, I know we, we talked about fellowship with other saints and we, we, we've seen where that works, but studying the word is an integral part of fellowship. And we talked about it. So the word of God is likened to water in the Bible, right? That's what this, the scripture says. Uh, so the voice, so Psalm 29, verse 3. I think uh, we can read that, Psalm 29, verse 3. Uh, okay. Okay, I think we have to read so. Okay. Yes, please go ahead and read it. Okay. And uh, I'll try and speed up, but I just want to touch a, a bit on okay. the name. Psalm 29, verse 3. It says, The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thundereth. The Lord is upon many waters. The Lord is upon many waters. So the voice of the Lord is upon the waters. And I like the scripture. It says the waters, meaning that it's a lot of water, meaning that the word of God is a lot, it's plenty. Uh, the scripture that we have, the Bible that we have, is a means into scripture. If I can say that, meaning that, the more you read your Bible, the more you gain access into water. This Bible is water, which gives access to waters uh, because it's called the voice of the Lord. The voice of the Lord is what the Lord is speaking. And of course, we know that the Lord is not dead. The Lord is alive. We know that this scripture is written, right? We can almost say this is what the Lord has said. However, because the Lord is alive and the Lord is still speaking, according to Hebrews chapter 1, Right, which says the Lord, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake on in time past unto the fathers by the prophet, at in these last days spoken unto us by his son. Right, so he's as spoken and he's still speaking, right, by his son, because his son is living and is alive. So the Lord is speaking. He's speaking, and he's still speaking. And as he's speaking, what you hear is his voice. What you hear is his voice. So when you are reading your Bible and you are reading scriptures, what will happen is that you begin to come into the voice of the Lord, right, which wrote the scriptures. The voice of the Lord will become a lot more familiar to you. The voice of the Lord, there's a way the voice of the Lord is. It's not like many other voices. 
There's an action. It's, a, it's the voice of the Lord that believers must master. And you master that over time. You don't just master it once. Alma, alpha, right? You master this voice over time. Because as you are reading your Bible, the voice, there's a, as you are reading it, there's, if, if you can pay attention, there's almost like an inner voice as you are reading. It's not your own. When you read it, as you are reading it from your heart and you are reading it, you, you can almost hear a voice as you are reading your scripture. That over time, maybe when you start reading it and you've not read it for a long time, you may not necessarily hear it at that time because you just started reading your Bible. But as you continue to read it, as you continue to read it, you now realize that over time, the voice will start getting louder and louder and louder, which is an avenue for fellowship. You mean, of course, when you start hearing voice, now nah, I'm not. Saying, I don't want to say voices because when you start hearing the voice of the Lord, all right, because voices can be other things. When you start hearing the voice of the Lord, uh, what that means is that you are beginning a conversation with a person. Now, two people must be engaged in a must be engaged. Two people must be engaged in the conversation. Fellowship is also a conversation about things. So when you are Having a fellowship, you have to be conversing about something with the Lord. So, meaning that there can be a, a subject matter that you want to, that is being discussed, and then you can be talking to the Lord about it. And now, imagine as a man, you have many things about yourself, not even just Lord, about yourself that you want to talk about. And just so you know, you can talk to the Lord about anything concerning you. It does not matter how foolish and stupid it sounds. You can have conversation with the Lord about it. As as what I say foolish, it sounds like that. As foolish as Lord, why do I always, or why do you always put my key here? Or why do I, why do, why do you always remind me about my key? It just it can be as silly as as that. I'm not saying it's silly. It can be so. Because sometimes when we believers are engaging with the Lord, one of the things that we do is we overcomplicate things. It says that we assume. That's how we that's how we complicate things. We assume what the Lord is doing and can do. We can assume the Lord cannot does not need to talk about this. But the truth of the matter is, the Lord is much more interested in talking to you about anything and everything. I'm look, I may be looking for something, like I just said, Lord, I, I know, where is this thing now? Please show me. Almost, that that prayer, uh, I don't know about, that prayer has been proven and tested many times. I'm just talking about me. Lord, where is this? The Lord would speak about it. Or it will somehow bring me to see what I'm looking for. I'm saying this just to tell us that from the word, we can move into conversations about things that the Lord wants to talk about. But what I'm trying to say here is that the voice of the Lord is something that every believer must be as attentive to and must be used to, so that it's not strange. And if, let's say, somebody is here and saying, I don't know the voice of the how can I know? It's very simple. Just keep reading your Bible. Keep reading your Bible. Just keep reading your Bible. Keep reading it every day every day just read it make sure you read it make sure you and as you are reading make sure you are reading it from the depth of your heart not with not with any ambition or with any uh preconceived or predetermined destination 
of what this reading is going to come into, right? Now, I'm not saying that you can't study. That's another thing. Because when you're studying your Bible, is a, is you're trying to get an understanding about a matter, right? So you can study concerning things. I'm, not, I'm not talking about reading in fellowship. You can read your Bible every day, right? I mean, you, the way our life should be is that we are reading our Bible from time to time, every day, every second, every moment. Right, that's how our life should be. But of course, we know we have other things that we do. So therefore, you know, we have to have time to read our Bible. But your physical Bible should 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 not be your only Bible. You should have you should also have your Bible in your in in your heart, the ones that you meditate on. That's what I mean by that. Amen. So Amen. we should keep studying the Word, keep reading the Word, and. We should be excited that the voice of the Lord is upon the waters, and it is a lot of water. And what does water do? Water quench tests. Yeah. It quench tests. So when we are reading our Bible, one of the things is that we'll be quenching the test of our soul. And as we are quenching the test of our soul, it will be healing because water heals. Water heals according to scripture. Amen. Amen. So when we drink of the water, it can heal our whatever whatever deafness is there in the soul that we can't hear his voice. And the more we read it, the more we drink of the waters, we begin to hear his voice. Amen. Amen. So when we get deep into the word, right, we come in contact with the voice of our father. Right, we come there's no way you will read your Bible over time. It's, it can start little, little over time. You just begin to notice that you can actually hear the voice of your father. You might be wondering, because the truth of the matter is that when you are being pastored, counsel, and you are being you know guided, right? We the, you are being guided and pastored, but we are not hearing the voice you are hearing. Do you understand know what I mean? Meaning that yes. uh it's a different thing to be pastored, and it's a different thing that when you are in your room, you can hear the voice. Uh, but that's why you also need a pastor because sometimes we hear different things when we are when, and as we are growing, right? We may not have learned the voice of the Lord to recognize it yet, to, right? Like I said, it starts gradually. Then over time, every believer will become a master of hearing God's voice. That does not mean you will not need a pastor anymore. <laughs> Right, as <laughs> though you will not need a pastor, but I'm just trying to tell us about the aspect of the importance of hearing the voice of the Lord is is very essential for every believer. You must hear the voice of the Lord, right? And you and you can't you can't keep uh, how do I put it? We can't keep uh, maybe living that rest. I mean, you know, sometimes be like, oh, you know what? I don't hear the voice. Let me just mind. Somebody will hear, or I'll talk to somebody. Ah. The voice of the Lord is is important to recognize because the voice of the Lord can come in from the from the scripture to the, to the people that the Lord has put around you. Right? The Lord can begin to speak to you through them. How will you decide if the Lord is talking to me? Right? There's a way. There's is is when when you are when when we are hearing you know your your brothers talking to you about a matter, you can discern the Lord. Hi, it's the Lord that is talking to me. It helps our journey. It helps to walk better and quicker and faster in the spirit. It helps us 
that we are we don't we don't uh spend time right where we shouldn't because when we recognize the voice of the lord we enjoy fellowship 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 like i was saying when his voice begins to come he will begin to talk to us about him and he'll begin to lead us in him amen so let's amen. move forward uh so one of the other channels right that we uh get fellowship we 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 you know enjoy fellowship or we come in contact uh, uh expressing you no know, deep fellowship is in you know, the fellowship with other saints amen you know, fellowship with other saints uh when we fellowship with other saints what happens is that we are fellowshipping with the spirit of god in them amen amen so what does that mean it means that everybody when we come together every child we are all born again and you know our spirit is christ we are all born again what we do is by coming together we create an atmosphere for fellowship an atmosphere for the Lord to come, right? So an atmosphere for fellowship means an atmosphere that the Lord can rest on because of our spirit, of our heart. Amen. Let's read Amen. Psalm 133, uh, verse 1 to 3, quickly. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garments. As the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. Amen. Amen. So we said we see here what it says that how beautiful it is for brethren to come together, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in it. It is like that's what it says. Mm. Excuse me, it is like the precious ointment. See, it is like the precious ointment upon the head. That precious ointment is an anointing. Mm. Meaning that when we come together, we are we we are we are culturing the corporate anointing. You can use that word corporate is a corporate anointing, right? So when brethren dwell together, it is like the precious ointment. So it is like an it is like an anointed atmosphere that the Lord will come in. And then that you see when Christians come together and they are fellowshipping, you see when just check it, where two or three are gathered, there I am. Yes, sir. Right. And as very begin to fellowship together, begin to talk about Jesus, maybe they're just singing or talking or reading their Bible or talking about the Lord. You just see the atmosphere will change. Wherever you see believers engaged in fellowship, the atmosphere is, will change because the Lord loves to ride upon the ointment brought together by brethren coming together. Amen. Mm. So Amen. when we create the atmosphere for fellowship, right, not just amongst ourselves, but also with God, right? When we come together and create that atmosphere, we are enjoying fellowship with ourselves and with God. Yes, sir. Then that is why you check it every time we come for meetings. 
or you go to church, you are refreshed. That's how it should be. Mm. You are strengthened, right? Because you are fighting against spirit. You are fighting against spirit. So you should, every believer should, no believer should be alone. Every mm. believer should have friends. And, I, and when I say friends, I'm not talking about any friend. Friends that are God, that are Christians. And not just Christian by name. Christians indeed. Mm. Serious Christians. And then when every believer has that, you should have fr- those friends that you fellowship with. We talk to you and you talk about the things of the Lord with you. It's not, it's not just all about movies and uh, you know, sometimes you know, sometimes we, we used to, you know, Christians the way we are, you know, we be like that's the way we, we we fight against God. How we make statements like, "Is it all about God, 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 God?" I want to do other things like movies. Nobody is saying you won't watch movies. Nobody is saying that. But I'm saying it's not all about movies too. Mm. It's not all about that alone. What is imp- you know, there's a way we watch movie and we just. We are not we are watching movie together as brethren, and we are we are not enjoying each other's spirit, yes. right? Yes, sir. So it's a it's a one is a hard thing. Also, is a focus of the heart. When you are amongst your brethren, you should be excited. No Christian should be alone, and then no Christian should be running away from fellowship. You know why? Because this refreshing and strength that is needed in fellowship with brethren. It's so important for the journey of every believer. Now, the scripture says, iron sharpened iron. Iron sharpened iron. That's scripture. Yes, sir. Right? Yes, but as a man, Sharpened the countenance of the other. I think uh, let's read that scripture. Say, iron sharpened iron. So a man sharpened the countenance of his friends. So a man sharpened the countenance. It means that when because this is also imagine the smile of your brother can be can be a, a strength to you. You are fellowshiped. Mm. Just coming, just smile, just smile can drive away spirits. Maybe you are angry, don't want to talk, and then you just call, just fellowship with brethren, you just smile. That smile sometimes can remove thoughts so, and can take you from a zone, a fellowship with some spirit and move you into a, a new kind of fellowship because you are in the atmosphere that is anointed. Why? Because one, two, or three are gathered, there it is. Right? And you move yes. into an atmosphere of fellowship. Right? But it's not yes, just about sir. ourselves alone. It's also with God. We are not just fellowship with ourselves alone because what, what unites us is an identity in our spirit, right? Connecting to the Lord Jesus, connecting to God. So we're not just fellowship with ourselves. We're also fellowship with God. So fellowship with other saints also involves, you know, fellowshiping in fellowship, right? So that's how we say we are going to fellowship. Every time you go for a meeting, you, you are going to fellowship. That's why we say, ah, where are you going? I'm going to fellowship. We're going to fellowship mm. with the Lord and with the brethren. So when we call, we create an atmosphere of fellowship so that the Lord can come and begin to, to speak to us, be it in words, of course, because there will be words in songs, in ministrations of songs. We are in fellowship. It's all, you know, in the fellowship with other saints. You must not despise that. So when you 
go to church, you are also fellowshipping with other saints because everybody's coming together, <laughs> gathered together, and fellowship with the Lord. And then when you when you finish, you should be refreshed, strengthened, nourished. There should be there should be a diff, there should be a, an addition to your spirit after you leave. Ah, I'll be fellowship with you, then there's you know sometimes just talking to your friends in church can put so much life in you in fellowship. Yes. Amen. Amen. So that's the end of that. And we are moving into uh, now talking about different cadres of fellowship. Amen. So there are different cadres of fellowship that every believer must understand. Amen. And it is important that we know them because it's tied to our growth as well. So we read Matthew 28 verse 19. Matthew 28, verse 19 says, yes. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. And of the Holy Ghost. So they go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Those three are the major cadres of fellowship. That is defined in scripture for us. They are the major cadres of, and they are called cadres because it is from one level to the other. And they are telling us, according to this scripture, from the highest to the least. So mm. from the Father, which is the highest, and then to the Son, which is the next, and then to the Holy Ghost, which is the least. Or you can say it is the first when you when we are talking about when we come to God as new believers, fellowship with the Holy Ghost is the first. We fellowship with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Can we read Romans 14, uh, verse 17? Yes. Romans 14, verse 17. Yes. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. You see, it is joy in the Holy Ghost. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, peace and joy. They are telling us that this kingdom of God is in the Holy Ghost. There's joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, that joy in the Holy Ghost, we should take note of it. I think, I'm not sure if it was the last class, but I was talking about this joy. Because when you begin to fellowship with the Holy Ghost, you would have the joy of the Spirit, which is it's part, it's part of your inheritance. The fellowship is tied to joy. There's no way you will be in fellowship and you will not experience joy. There will be joy. There will be gladness in your heart. There will be joy in your heart. Because in the Holy Ghost is the sweet communion. That's why you have to, you have to be joyful. And remember, so when you come in fellowship, you are strengthened. And we know that the joy of the Lord is our it's strength. Awesome. The joy of the Lord is our strength. So joy in the Holy Ghost. Is the joy of the Lord. 
through. Right? So the joy of the Lord is our strength. So when we are in fellowship with the Holy Ghost, which is the, as the first cadre, that is what it delivers to us. Right? And of yes. course, we know there, there's three, right? That we said the Godhead. So our, our fellowship as God's people is with the Godhead. That's what we are seeing in that Matthew 28 that we read. Yes, sir. Right? <laughs> in that Matthew 28, it's telling us that we are to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, that's the Godhead, right? That the scripture is telling us that we must be baptized in. So they baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. So we'll be baptized in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, we'll be baptized in the name of the Holy Ghost. Now, this is different from, you know, the one that they do, you know, baptizing you in the name of the Father, Son, and then they dip you into water. But that's not what I'm talking about. Now, this baptism is a baptism into a kind of uh, nature. If I would put it that way, it's a, baptize, it's a, it's a, it's a baptism into something. Yeah. Called Holy Ghost, Son, the Father is is a baptism. Now, inside this baptism, all this baptism have its fellowship. When you are yeah. baptizing the Father, you are baptized into the fellowship of the Father. When you are baptized into the name of the Son, you have to be baptized into the into the fellowship of the Son. When you are baptized in the name of the Holy Ghost, you you enjoy the fellowship that is in. The Holy Ghost. Mm. Amen. Amen. So, in the Holy Ghost, you have the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord, which is your strength. So, the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Joy in the Holy Ghost. Holy so, Ghost. you have joy. So, you can't you can't remove joy from the fellowship in the Holy Ghost. You can't remove joy at all from it. Whenever you are in fellowship with the Holy Ghost, one of the signs that you are in fellowship is that you are just joyful. You are full of joy. Sometimes you can be so joyful that they will think you are drunk. Mm. But but you just you're just joyful. You are just you're just excited with the Holy Ghost. Sometimes you can see kids when maybe in meetings, you know, without sugar or anything, all of a sudden they're just excited. A, you know, sometimes the anointing around, they can, they can, they can be baptized into the same thing. And, you know, they're, they're quite sensitive. The Lord, the Lord, they can, you know, they can, they can drink out of that. Okay, you can just say they're just joyful. Sometimes it happens like that. Mm. But the truth of the matter is that when you are in the Holy Ghost or in the Spirit, one of the signs is that you are joyful. It does not matter mm. what is going on around you. How mahala fama? Well, you are enjoying the joy in the Holy. It does not matter when you are in the spirit and you are just enjoying fellowship, right? In the Holy Ghost, you are just joyful. You are just joyful. That's the first one that will come into it. And it doesn't mean that as you grow, that that joy ends. That does not mean that there's no joy in the Son or in the Father. There is joy there too. But the joy you start with is the joy in the Holy Ghost. Yes, sir. You start with the Holy Ghost because that's the first cadre of fellowship. Is the first one. Amen. Now, Amen. we know that the Godhead, right, the three are one. Mm. Right? Yes. Three are one. And I think we read that. I think we should open that first, John. Um. 
First John chapter, I think, 5, verse 7. Right. Yeah. First John chapter 5. Uh, these are for verse 7, for there are three that appear record in heaven, mm -hmm. the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. Yes. These three are one. So we know that they are one. Yes. But the Lord had to give us that insight into cadres and levels of baptism. So mm -hmm. when a believer becomes born again and filled with the Holy Ghost, right, that begins the journey and the enjoyment of fellowship of the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. that when we get born again filled with the spirit it's important that we are filled with the spirit that's when we begin with the first of the three the first of the father the word and the Holy Ghost. Now, let's, they use the word here but we can also call that word the son um, yes. we can call that word the son and the Holy Ghost amen so amen. among these three among these three right The first, like I said, is the Holy Ghost. Awesome. And then we begin to fellowship with the Holy Ghost in knowledge by the anointing of his gift and by being led by him. Amen. One of the things that we begin to enjoy in fellowship with the Holy Ghost is that we can move into the expression of his gift. Right? Yes, sir. We can move into that. Amen. Amen. So it's in verse 1 Corinthians 12, verse uh, it says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with our heart. So part of that expression is that you can you can have some kind of expression of his gift. Of his anointing, right? The fellowship with the spirit is a vast, is a vast world that the the early church enjoyed in the after after, after uh, Pentecost. Called Pentecost. One of the things that the church enjoyed is the fellowship of the spirit, right? And then the manifestation of the spirit as the spirit wills, right? Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. And then this brings us into Walked or had the spirit, and to remind several as wills. Now this brings us into some kind of knowledge of the spirit. So one of the things we do is we, we, we start learning the spirit. As we fellowship with the Holy Spirit, we start learning him. One of the things that we, we will see in fellowship is that when fellowship begins, when we all, let me explain, when we are baptized in the name, right, in the name of the Spirit, or uh, of course there's Father, Son, and the Spirit, when we are baptized in those names, one of the things that begins to happen is that there will be the knowledge of what the name is. There will be some revelation, some teaching, right, about that which we are learning or who are fellowshipping with. If we are fellowship with the Spirit, one of the things that we'll see is that we'll begin to know the Spirit a lot much more, a lot much more. 
And then one, one key factor is that as you are learning the spirit, you will learn to be led by him. Mm. It's, part of, it's part of the initial fellowship. As you are beginning to learn the spirit, you will learn how, how do you learn him? Is that when he is leading you, you begin to see him. So this is how he behaves. Oh, and as you are seeing how he is, how he behaves, you will be you will become much more at home with him. So for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So you see that the Spirit is meant to lead every believer. One of the things that believers should master is leading. And one of the areas that is very silent here is that most of the time we miss many leadings. Why? Because they are very subtle. Now, mm-hmm. the leadings the we want to get most of the time is one that is very loud and very significant. What do I mean by that? It's the one that maybe the, the sun rises and appears and says, my son, my son, move to the next street. And there you mm-hmm. see this and that. But that is called the spectacular. But that's mm-hmm. not necessarily the best way to know the Holy Spirit. But it's one of the ways that the Lord can lead a person. However, that is not the primary way. He said you have been led by the inward witness. So the Lord can lead you by the Spirit. It's, it is essential that, that before we can be led, that we have fellowship. Why? Because fellowship allows us to know the voices. Right? So the first cadre, like I said, is... The Holy Spirit. So believers must enjoy this area very well. You must enjoy fellowship with the Spirit. And being led by the Spirit. You must enjoy that. Because as you are enjoying fellowship with the Spirit, you are going to be led. You are going to get you just as you are reading the word, the voice of the Lord will become conversant, will become clearer. As you en- enjoy because when we get born again, like I said, this is the first area we're starting. And we are filled. Let's not forget, we are filled with the Spirit. This is the first area that we enjoy. And then we will grow from that. And when we grow, the next place we grow into is fellowship with the Son. It's the fellowship with the Son. And when we are fellowship with the Son, it's with the Word. That's what, you know, First John that's what First John, uh, you know, call, calls it earlier. First John five seven, right? The three that bear record, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. So the Word or the Son, the Word, is the next cadre of fellowship. So it's something that believers should look forward to. There is the so the Lord is saying all these things to us so that we understand. That our journey is not boring. There are things to look forward to. All these things, you can desire them and pray for them. And as you pray for them, Mahol Halima, the Lord can bring experiences, can bring resources, can move you into these fellowships, can baptize you into these fellowships. You can pray, desire them. And as you desire them, the Lord would make room or to move you into these fellowships. You can't move yourself. The heaven has to show mercy, right? And then we have to walk in obedience. So let's read uh, the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 
verse 9, so that we can see that we are according to the fellowship uh, of his son. Okay. First Corinthians 1, verse 9. God is faithful by whom ye were called unto the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Our Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So God is faithful by whom ye were called unto the fellowship of his son. Jesus Christ, our Lord. You are called, and I like, I see, let's, let's take heed to that ye were called oh. unto. Amen. Amen. When you, this, this word called is a calling mm. unto a fellowship, meaning that as at this time, you are called to it. From somewhere, mm. you are called into. It's like, oh, you are there. Oh, yeah, titi, it is time. Oh, yeah, come here. Mm. This call is also, is in a way you can call it permission. And I'm saying it so that we understand that this is because the we I, I mentioned it is the cadre of fellowship, meaning another level of fellowship must be called into this fellowship from a fellowship because it is fellowship to fellowship mm, yes, you must be called from a fellowship if you are not enjoying the fellowship of the spirit if you are not engaging the fellowship of the spirit if you are not flowing you are not in love with the spirit it will be difficult to be called into the fellowship of the son or the word The sun is another is another level, meaning that they are increasing the anointing, they are increasing the understanding, they are increasing the grace, or they are supplying grace to you for this fellowship. There's a thought in my I don't know, I don't know where it's coming from. Maybe somebody's thinking it. I think it's a, it's a thought, it's a thought concerning these things. And the way I'm seeing it is there's a thought about so is it more like I can't get this on unless I am called into this. Is it is it is how, how do I know? It's, it's more like a conversation that I'm hearing in my head, my mind, not in my head. I'm, I'm, it's, it's, it's like a conversation I'm, I'm perceiving. And it's it is concerning the aspect that you have to be called into this fellowship, meaning that there's a separation, there's a gap. And the thought is almost like how do I bridge this gap? How is this, how is this? How is this for me? How, how can I bridge this gap? Almost, and I'm assuming almost like, a, almost a, give, a, a giving up, almost giving up concerning it. That, ah, is this thing even, ah, okay, so there's, shouldn't, shouldn't it all be just one plain thing? No. It's not just one plain, chaos of Ferma. It's not just one plain thing. It is the Lord is very, very meticulous in making sure we arrive at where we are because they can't overwhelm us with these things at once. It has to be mm. from one level to the other. One level is a preparation for another. Just know wherever you are is a preparation for another. And that does not mean, because I'm saying this, that you can't have access into this fellowship tomorrow. Or you can't have access mm. to this fellowship the next moment. 
what I'm saying is I'm saying to your heart that you don't give up and you don't write yourself out and say, no, 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 this, no, no, I, no, 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 the Lord is simple. This, no, take it easy. The Lord wants us to know this precept. We must know this precept because it's part of our inheritance. Awesome. We must know this precept. If we know it, it's what it will bet is an expectation in the heart. The Lord does do things like this to bet expectation in heart, to long for more of him, not to assume and write ourselves up or be angry at the Lord. Or at maybe sometimes, maybe we are hearing things that you can be angry at somebody preaching too. Just be discouraged. No, I don't think this is no. Because it's almost like when I'm saying this, I'm sensing a resistance somehow. And resistance is more, is more about an, it's an understanding I just talked about. But don't resist the Lord. Don't shut the Lord off. Just follow. Understand that this thing is for you. And they are saying it so that we can understand that we should not relax where we are. You must always be guard up. You must always be guard up, meaning that you must always guard up your loins. Guard yourself. You, you must be ready as a soldier to move on into knowing your father. It's almost like that is almost like a, a release of grace. Almost an act, the act attitude. You, you, can, you, you should not have a heart attitude of relax just relax and you know the lord is no 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 no. if we do that satan is going to get us mm. why because the waters must be new every morning the waters must be new the 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 wisdom is always new what do i mean by that means that you can't just be stagnant you must always be moving moving spiritually must always be moving. So you see things like this step before that step before that step is a statement to your heart about movement. It's saying something to you. You keep moving. Keep moving. Don't stop. Keep moving. Don't think it, that's, that's the end. Don't, don't sit. Don't be complacent with where you are. Keep moving. Keep joining. Keep moving. Keep joining. Because if you stop, you will not arrive at the end. So they must <clears throat> minister these things to you. To see, okay, you must move from one level. And you see statements like that in scripture, like the gospel, right, is from faith to faith. Yes, from faith to faith. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, right? Of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes it, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. So you see movement there from one faith to another faith. From one faith to another faith. It's from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. So if the just shall live by faith, means the just shall move by faith from one faith to another, from one faith to another, until they arrive at the righteousness of God. Mm. The full knowledge of the righteousness of God, it is from faith to faith, from faith, movement is speaking movement. So when, when when we hear these things, what should come out of our heart is desire for more of it. Mm. And then the heart might be questioned: How do I arrive there? I've said is is the Lord that is a calling. You will be called. Is God? What are, and who calls is God? Mm. 
Amen. Amen. He who calls is God. Say, God is faithful by whom ye were called. God is faithful by whom ye were called. When it is God that calls, it is God that has the standard for marking mm. when to call. What, what's the criteria for you to be called into this fellowship? Meaning that it is not your own idea of calling into this fellowship. Because oh. we have many ideas. You can, if, if you are going by your mind, you will not have the right criteria at all. Whatever criteria you are, you just forget about it. That's not it. It's the Lord that knows the right standard and criteria. He knows how to judge the reins. One thing we can do is we, more, we will see later here what we should do to come into this fellowship. Our own part, what we should do in our own part. You now see that our part is simple. Although we sit and fight it. What I mean by simple, I'm just saying that it's not complicated as our mind leaves these things. So our next fellowship, right? We are talking about the word. The word. It's with the word. It is with the word. Or with the son. Amen. Amen. And in fellowship with the son, you have that. Okay, we read 1 Corinthians 1, 9. Okay, let's read John 14, 21, actually. John 14, 21. Mm-hmm. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, yes. he it is that loveth me. Mm-hmm. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. You see? Now, this is the key as our own part. Amen. Amen. This is a key. So even though, the scripture is telling us that we are calling to the fellowship of the Son, we say, he that at my, what's the, what's the criteria? Is love. You must love him. I'm just saying that quickly. He said, he that at my commandment, and keep them, he it is that loveth him. And he that loveth him. So, if can you fall in love with Jesus? Fall in love with the spirit. As you are falling in love with the spirit, and you know, you're just folk, you're just throwing yourself into life in the spirit, into, into the spirit. You won't even know when you will be called into the fellowship of you just you just find yourself, you just arrive. Because you are in love with your maker, you are in love with the spirit, you are in love with the Lord Jesus. So when we come together, or even though we are coming together, there's individual part. Of obedience and love. Amen. Amen. So when we come together, part of an expression of fellowship, right, with the word, or with us is also when, when we come together and you know study, we we look at the word. We the word is taught. We are fellowshipping together with the word. But here's the thing, it says is that if we keep his commandment, right, which is the commandment of law, he will mm. make himself manifest, means he will come into our midst mm. and manifest himself to us. And thereby, he will commune with us and then we'll come and we'll fellowship one with another. So this one I'm talking about here is when we come together as a church, right, we fellowship with the word also. Amen. 
Amen. And the thing is that you know that maybe just to keep this thing just simple and straight, I just want us to understand that when we fellowship with the Son, it is a high, it is another cadre of fellowship that we are coming into. So it's God that calls into, into this. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me move. Uh... Into maybe next uh, line. Amen. Amen. Now, can we read John 14, 21 again? I think I think that's uh, that's a key aspect of. So he that keep he that had my commandment. And keep it them. It is that love me. One thing we must know is that we must fall in love with the Lord and just obey Him. When we obey Him, He would have, He would fall in love with us, and then it will make Himself manifest. Fellowship. Well, when He arrives and makes Himself manifest, you are going to fellowship with Him. Amen. Amen. You are going to fellowship with him. Because the purpose of manifest is so that he can be seen. Mm. Yes, sir. Now, that's one aspect. That's one level. And then when we are talking about fellowshipping with the Son, or when we are fellowshipping with the Word, we must know that this one too, right, is involved. For example, when you when you when we gather together as a church, you must know that we are fellowshipping with the word as well. Yes, sir. We are fellowshipping with the word of God, the word of God. We are fellowshipping with the word of God. I mean, I mean, when we come to fellowship, what do we share? It's the word. The word, yes. We share the word is a, is a is a form of also fellowship with the world. It's another cadre of fellowship. Is a another level of fellowship. You know, as I fellowship with the Holy Spirit, you also come with among saints. And that's why also fellowship with the saints is important. You also come among saints to fellowship with the world. It's an expression of fellowship. It's an expression of fellowship. And the last Aida of fellowship. Amen. Amen. Is with the Father. This is another Kada of fellowship. Is with the Father. Amen. Which is, the, which is the highest. When I say highest, I mean it's the, because it's the Godhead we are fellowshipping with. So let me not say highest. It's the next level of, I mean, it, it is the next cadre 
of fellowship. It is the next cadre of fellowship. Amen. It's always the next cadre of learning. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. One thing, one thing that we can be rest assured of when it comes to with the Father is that this be he says that okay, let's read first John 1 actually. First John 1, uh first John 1, verse 3. Is that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So he said, that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So they are, they are telling us about the fellowship of, that the fellowship is not just with the Son alone, but it's also with the Father. Amen. Amen. It's also with the Father. And then it says in first, okay, let's read first John chapter one, verse five to six. As John one, verse five to six is this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light, light. and in him is no darkness at all. at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. And do not the truth. So the, fellow, the fellowship with the Father involves walking in the light. Now, because of, let's say, we're, how we're, now, to understand this one fully, this fellowship with the Father, and even, I mean, partly with the Son also, it requires some form of light. Right hmm. now, this this fellowship with the Father. Now, not to talk too much about it. It's, it is it, to understand the Father. You need an everlasting light. So, what does that mean? By? That means that you need a much more well, uh, or I can put it this way: a fatherly light. <laughs> hmm. Sorry hmm. for 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 using that word, but. For us as children of God, we should understand that there is something called fellowship with the Father. Maybe mm. we don't know too much about it, but one thing is that this one is the is the cadre of fellowship that we should have. But the first we should know and enjoy well is the Holy Ghost. Then, as we are journeying in the Lord, we can we will be called into the fellowship of His Son. And then, when, of course, as we know that we are calling to the fellowship of the Son, but the fellowship is not with the Son alone. Our fellowship is with the Father. It means there's another one that we should be aware of. It's called with the Father. Father. Mm. And the question is, how do I know this one? It's not too much about worrying too much about this one. 
It's because it's, it is experiential. As you journey, you would move into those. The Lord knows how to move us into this fellowship. Yeah. Yeah. But one thing is very essential, right? The, the main, the main is not, or let me say, according in, in this, uh, in, in this class today, I'm not focused a lot more on the Father and the Son because those ones will work themselves out if we can do one thing, if we can prosper well in our fellowship with the Spirit. Yeah. Amen? Amen. What we should focus on is prospering in our fellowship with the Holy Ghost or in our fellowship with the Spirit, right? Because we cannot come, see this Father and Son, we cannot, like I said, I thank God I mentioned earlier that it is a calling. We are called into the fellowship of His Son. We cannot come into that. See, when we get born again, we are filled with the Spirit. We are naturally moved or there is provision for fellowship with the Spirit because that's your main weapon, if I can say that word. That's the main weapon that believers should be used to. You must be used to this kind of... Holy Ghost should be your power. Holy Ghost should be your paddy. Holy Ghost should be your, mm. your guy. Mm. Because there are a lot the Holy Ghost would do. You must know the him first because it's the same Holy Spirit that would grow in you into the Son and into the Father. It will grow in you. It will make himself manifest differently in a way. So that, that's when we read about the son, right? That when you do his commandments, he will make himself manifest to you. Holy Ghost will move you into all the cadres of fellowship that you need to move into. Mm. It will, Holy Ghost will move you into that. So what is essential is that you must enjoy fellowship with the Spirit and prosper in it. Prosper, what I mean, make meaning bear fruit. Uh, prosper means use it well, use all use Holy Ghost well. And I can tell you one thing you will never finish using Holy Ghost well. What do I mean by that? Means that yeah. you will not say, I have learned Holy Ghost and finish it. You now realize that it is getting more refined. It's like when a baby is growing, they have little, little speech. Right, ba ba ba. They don't come, but later they will start saying dada, mama, do do. You know, different different things. Small small. It's getting clear. After a while, they'll be able to call words one by one. Later, they'll be able to make phrases. Later, they'll be able to make statement. It is the same baby that is growing, but things are changing. Growth is happening. <laughs> you can see that change of speech as movement of spirit too. If you yeah. uh, just put it side by side, that. When you are enjoying Holy Ghost, maybe in Holy Ghost, your nature can only say da 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 da. Then later, after you will start saying words. Then later, you will start saying phrases. Later, you will start saying sentences. Meaning that we are growing in the spirit. Yes, sir. We are growing. We are growing. So we may, we may, we may over, or is it we may underestimate what. Growing, you will see all of your journey in the spirit, all of your journey will be tied to this prosperity in the spirit. So that things get better, things get clearer, 
things get sharper. But one thing we must know is that we must be conversant. We must be, we must be spirit beings. We must be beings of the spirit. Because that's what will guide us in other things in the Lord. Yeah. That's what will guide us in the Father and in the Son. In the Kedah of fellowship with the Father and with the Son. Right? So that one of the Father and of the Son, like we read in First John chapter you know, 1, verse 3, that one, it says, fellowship, our, truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son. Those, this Kedah of fellowship Ah, those this father and son one, we cannot come into them until we are prospered. Like I said earlier, that you know you have to be called into this fellowship. You are yes. called into it because when they have ever knows the mark, say ah you have prospered well, move. They will call you into it, and it's a calling that is the destiny of every believer. As there's no as you enjoy the you you move into the calling. Right. So don't let the statement you shall have to be called deter you. It's just telling you that as you journey in the stage, you just move into the you move, there's no way you move into the calling. Hmm. Because you move in into the kingdom. Amen. So Amen. we must prosper in our fellowship with the spirit. Right? We must walk uprightly. Because this prosperity and imagine all this has a lot to do. For example, he helped our infirmity. Yes, sir. The spirit of truth, it will come and teach you all truth. Mm. Right? They tell us different things. Yes. I'll be to eat when he, the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. When we enjoy our fellowship with the spirit, we would enjoy fellowship. We eventually enjoy fellowship with the Father. So the thing is, when you are even enjoying the Father and the Son, you may not even know. You just think it's the Spirit. Just because mm. it's all mm-hmm. in the Spirit, right? The kingdom is not mm. written. It is righteousness. It's and joy in mm. the Holy Ghost. The kingdom is in the Holy Ghost. Means inside the Holy Ghost, you have all the provision. Yes, sir. You have all the provision for the spirit. You have the provision for the father. You have provision for the son. Depending on how well we prosper with our fellowship. So when we walk uprightly, according to the word, to the word of God, right? They themselves will grant us more entrance into higher dimensions of their fellowship. I'm just reading that in the manual. Say, so when we prosper, right? In our fellowship with the spirit, what how we prosper is we walk uprightly and according to their word. You will be, you would, we would, like I was reading earlier, we would do his commandment and love him. Then he will love us and manifest. Uh-huh. So they themselves would call us. We should just focus on growing in the spirit. Amen. So they will call us themselves when we walk upright. They will. So that spirit is the key, is the answer. I'm wondering, ah, how do I get to the Father and the Son? The key is the spirit. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So we have this fellowship, right? That uh, we've talked about these different cadres of fellowship. 
And then we have to talk about uh, other kinds of fellowship that we can find in scripture. And God will help me. I think I'm almost done. Uh, I don't want I mean, I may be able to finish today. How safar, how amahafa. You see how that goes. So one of the fellowship we should be aware of, the kind of fellowship that exists that believers should know, is church fellowship. We should know and give importance to church fellowship. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 10 from verse 24 to 25. Let's read it. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, works. Mm-hmm. not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together yeah. as the manner of sub is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as he see the day approaching. approaching. So not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as the ECD day approaching. Amen. Now this scripture should be a should be a statement for every believer that likes just Sunday Sunday. You now realize that Sunday Sunday church is not enough. For why say they say the day approaching. Now what I'm what I mean by is it should just only be a Christian on Sunday and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, your other things. Mm-hmm. Now it's every day. So, but the, I'm just saying that, right? Because it's important to, to show us, like, it's important to gather, to gather. It says, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together. Now, now we talk. If 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 we if we can gather every day, it is not an error. You understand? Although it's just that things are happening in such that, you no, know, most most people we can find excuses. All kinds of excuses to not go to church and fellowship with brethren. The same way we can also avoid fellowships by legitimate, all kinds of legitimate reason, but no legitimate reason. We, we understand that okay, maybe something else to happen. Understand? I'm just saying, no legitimate reason stops believers from fellowshipping, unless you know things that just have. To, there's no, there's no legitimate reason to stop believers. And I'm not and I'm not saying it just to you know, to get trip anybody or anything. No. I'm just I'm just trying to give us a sense. So I'm not making a law. I'm just trying to give us a sense so that you know when we are thinking about certain things, we'll see. Church fellowship is very important. What do you mean by that? The importance of belonging to a local assembly yes, sir. is important for every believer to belong to a said so not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is so it means that some forsake assembly and that's what and in this evil peter no sorry paul was talking about forsaking assembly the some would say uh you know that they are aha some would say that they are okay by themselves they say they are members of the church, body of Christ at large, but they will not actually actualize that. Amen. Amen. They will not fellowship with brethren. You know, some can say that uh, I'm okay right, by myself. No, you cannot be okay by yourself. You must be part of the body. 
right? It says here, importance of belonging to a local assembly cannot be overemphasized. Yes. We are the members of the body of Christ, but we will not actualize our being members of the body if we do not belong to and actively participate in and fellowship with brethren in a church. Right? You must, we will not, if we say we're a member, but we don't actually participate, not participate with others, we will not actualize our being members of Christ. We will not, literally, we will not be part of the body. That's what that is. Mm -hmm. So every believer should belong to a local assembly. You must have a local assembly. Right? Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. You must have a local assembly and stay there. What does that mean? Is carefully choose your local assembly, not with a mind of jumping from one church mm -hmm. to another. Because mm -hmm. okay, I'm like I like the way it is put here. Because when we are jumping from one church to another, that's a sign of unseriousness. All right, and it shows that we are immature spiritually. Now, one thing I would like to also emphasize is that there, there is act, there is if there is how do I put it? It is as it is possible for the Lord to lead a believer from one local assembly to another. It's different from just jumping. Now, that leading comes based on the Lord's purpose for that believer, right? For that believer to have moved and fellowship. So for that believer to move and be led is by God. Now, that is also tied to growth. The Lord, based on the Lord's plan for a Believer, the Lord can lead believers from one local assembly to another, but not jumping. There's a difference between leading and jumping. Mm. You can be led, not jump. You can be led to another based on the Lord's purpose for us, depending on God's plan, right? <laughs> Moving, if a believer is jumping from church to church and a believer... <laughs> Let me read what the book says, actually, without putting it. It says, for a believer to have moved, you know, and fellowshiped in eight different churches in a year is worrisome. Uh -huh. It's a sign of a problem and immaturity, right? And this is not, uh, there's a way I'll, I'll put it. This is pretty much not necessarily being part because if a believer is jumping from church to church, you won't, you won't be able to function in any that's the problem. You won't be able to function in any, and you must function in a church. You must function and be part of the church. You must function in a church, right? Unlike, like I was saying earlier, unlike some, and I will also say that they do not believe in going to church, that they can just grow on their own inside their house and praying and reading their Bible and they will grow. It's a lie. That's a scam. That is a scam from a lying spirit, right? Now, the way I see it, see, the whole body, right, is one body. <laughs> Say we be many are one bread. So we are one body, one bread. If a part is not, every part fitly joined 
together, supplying. Okay, so we can read. I think that's a book of Ephesians. Let's read that, and I think I can use that to finish this one and then move to the next because uh, of time. Uh, Ephesians 4, verse 16, it says, From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies. So from every joint means there's a supply, right? Yes. Uh, which every joint supplied. Right? Fitly joined together and compacted by that which every, meaning that every part has a part to play in the body. Right? Now, if you as an individual, you are considered part of the body, you must be fitly free or fitly joined together in the body, functionally. Right? <laughs> now, imagine if the finger is separated from the body. For, for those that say they can be alone or not be part of a local church. And imagine, imagine a finger jumping in and out of the <laughs> finger. <laughs> or, the, or the leg, jumping in and out of the leg. Now, meaning mm -hmm. that if, if a believer is jumping too many churches or is not being part of staying at home alone, they are, not, they are actually not functional in the body. Right? Mm -hmm. yes. And then also, you have those that stay at home, right? They are separated. What that means is they say they don't need church. They are separated from the body. And what that means is that whatever, whatever supply of nutrient that should meet it there will not meet it. Imagine a, 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 a finger that is, in, is in, the, in the midst of the finger or maybe a hand. It's, the finger has joints, right? You know the hand is not joined somewhere. Now imagine mm -hmm. that let's say, if, let me use the finger. Let me say the, the finger removes, is moved, is removed from the rest of the hand of the of the palm or the of the hand. You see that it is possible for the rest of the hand to survive. Yes, but sir. that single finger that left will dry out okay. and die. Hmm. Yes, so that's the picture we should see when we're thinking about somebody living part of the body. Once you move out of the body that the Lord has joined you to, what and you leave it. Yeah, it's, it's called separation. You just separated yourself. And separation is called death. Mm. Mm. Yes, so sir. once you, you separate yourself, then that, that soul is dead to the rest of the body. There won't be any supply anymore into the finger that just left because it is no longer joined. That which joined them, that makes sure that the blood is going and returning in that finger, gone. The veins are gone. So everybody must be part of a local assembly. We must not forget the assembly, right? As a manner of some is. So as much as the day approaches, we should <laughs> so there the criteria is every day, but now it's, you, you have Sunday to go to church. If we can't make that, then what standard are we are we meeting? Amen. So Amen. the other part, apart from fellowshipping with the church, is fellowship with other members of Christ. Amen. Now, this Amen. is very essential. I think um, this is very essential. I don't know how much time I'll spend on it because I, I, uh, I only have just a few 
uh, just two more, just two more, and I think I might be able to just quickly talk about them and then we end today. But it says fellowship with other members of the body of Christ, right? Let's read Colossians 4.16 quickly. Colossians 4.16. Mm-hmm. And when this epistle is read among you, cause that it be read also in the church of Laodiceans, of the Laodiceans, and that ye likewise read the epistle from Laodicea. Mm-hmm. Now, this Kalma, Kalfa, this Colossians 4 is talking about the, the writings of the uh, is showing us an example of fellowship with other brethren. Amen. Now, Paul is saying to the Colossians, says when you when this epistle is read among you, cause that it be read also in the church of the Laodicea. So read the epistle in Colossia and then Laodicea, and then ye likewise read the epistle from Laodicea. So you can see the interconnecting uh, movement of fellowship amongst those churches. Consider those churches are well connected. They are writing to each other. Is a form of fellowship. One way. Now, of course, their writing is not just to write, hey, hi, how are you doing? Bye-bye. They are <laughs> communing their heart. Imagine when you read this, if you read the entire book of Colossians, right? They are not, it's not, it didn't just write, hi, hi, Colossian church, how are you doing? I think, I think it started, it started, oh, I pray if I see that, okay, you are, uh-huh. he's talked to them, he greeted them, then he started talking about his heart for them, and he says, when you read it here, go to Ladesia, read this again. Then the letter from Ladesia, read it among yourselves too. He's talking about the interconnectedness yeah. of the churches, of saints, Fellowship into is a form of fellowship because they are communing their hearts one to another. So mm. as we have, as we are part of a local church or members of fellowships, we should be careful of the extremists that say no, they cannot fellowship with others. That's an evil spirit. Mm. You must be able to fellowship with other believers. Now, one of the things that is usually a, a talk is because we have different doctrines and uh, different uh, knowledge, right? Maybe we don't accept on certain doctrinal issues, right? But that should not stop us from fellowshipping. Maybe because this someone is not, uh, doesn't agree, then I won't talk to them. We should, because we do not agree on certain doctrine does not mean that we do not fellowship with other Believers we must be able to fellowship with other believers. Amen. We should be open-minded Amen. to fellowshipping with other believers. Now, there's one particular uh-huh, scenario that we should be careful. <laughs> so the ones that we should care is that if they are carrying wrong spirit and doctrine. Mm-hmm. Now, whenever that is, we should be careful and avoid that because. Spirit fellowship with spirit. Once we start fellowship with such spirit, that's when we start communicating too to those that fellowships with it. Spirit seduces, communicate over time. It might take some time, but over time, it is possible that that spirit can move over. Now, where is this? It is because when you look at scripture, for example, the book of First John, you see where John is talking about those that are not all of us that John is warning the church against. 
says they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they wondered that they might be made mad that they were not all of us. The later started talking about you know that the spirit of antichrist is at hand. So you have you have you can have a sect, right? That's have that that literally are anti-Christ or anti-John. They are carrying wrong spirits. When you look at it, they are mostly spirits that fight against the body itself. Although it claims to be part of the body, but it's fighting against the body. It does not like the body. Hmm. Can start saying, "Come out of the body." They are the only. You have you have such you have such uh, spirits and doctrines. Uh, because of time, I won't, I've, I've met with a couple that talks about things like this, and the adoption is always against the body, against the And there's one common phrase is that everybody is wrong, we are mm. right, and we are the that's one common, we are the only one that is the right church on net. Every other church is wrong, but the only right church that's a common statement that I found amongst those churches, but it is a lie. They have mm. wrong spirit. They have wrong. They are anti-Christ because it is against anything that will form Christ in men. And there's, there, if if believers come together, at some, imagine the spirit of the spirit of Christ is also about unity of the faith. Eventually, yes, eventually, we'll come into the unit of the unity of the faith. But that spirit is not going to allow that. It is speaking against the unity of the faith. Why? Because it is to divide and separate, and then come out of the body, and then we are the only one. That is a lie. All other churches can be wrong, and you are the only one that is right. And you are not, you're not have different, different churches that is like that. Hmm. Amen. So we, sh- we should Amen. be careful of that. But we sh- must be very, 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 very careful not to be extreme, to know that we have to fellowship with other brethren. Amen. Amen. Now I'm going to talk about just quickly about two things we have about two minutes. Uh, I can please ask for your indulgence. I can speak for five minutes concerning these two uh, topic that is two uh, two sections that is left, which is one thing that every believer must understand. One is the fellowship of Christ suffering, and lastly, lastly, what is an unpardonable sin? Amen. Amen. Now. Fellowship of Christ suffering. Let's read Philippians 3.10 quickly. Philippians 3.10 That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Amen. So there's a fellowship of Christ suffering. So we are talking about fellowship. So we've talked about the joy. Mm -hmm. Now, we're talking about the fellowship <laughs> of Christ's suffering. So most believers believe it's all just rosy, rosy. And again, suffering, fellowship of Christ's suffering does not mean you are suffering and you are poor and all those kind of things. That's not what this means. We will see what it means here now. It has to do, the fellowship of Christ's suffering has to do with trials and tribulations. There are different suffering as you go in your journey and as you grow in the Lord, you move from different suffering to another. What does that mean? You'll be suffering against, you'll be suffering as to that which is stopping you from journeying towards God. 
That's part of how I will put that suffering. Amen. So, for example, as a child of God, you would suffer right, in the sense of denying yourself. Like a child of God, you know now it's not, you should not lie. You start, you start, you have to, you have to start. It's some kind of suffering to you, right? But we read different places where we've seen those sufferings. So because of time, I said five minutes. Okay, so we read Philippians 3, 10, said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Now, one thing we must know that suffering purifies us and makes us better. Trials and tribulations. It's also called trials and tribulation but one thing that we know about trials and tribulation is that it is it makes things precious let's mm. read first peter chapter one ah we're already there said that the trial please bro wesley i was really quickly that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth though it be tried with fire might be found unto praise, praise, honor, and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. You see, say that the trial of your faith be much more precious. They're saying that this trial is actually precious to you. Mm. It will be found. See, and this thing is this trial of your faith is much more precious than good. How can it be likening suffering or trial to something precious? That's to tell you that it's not the kind of suffering that you are thinking. Mm. So though it's be tried with fire, but be found unto praise. So it's a trial unto praise. The Lord can arrange that around you. For example, if you are a child of God and you are serving the Lord, you can have people around you that are saying, Why are you serving God? It's a contradiction against you, your nature, and the newfound life you found. It's, it's some kind of suffering. Maybe you are in that kind of vicinity. You can suffer to be, to be labeled wrong for your faith. But it is a kind of suffering that is precious because you will come out more refined and established. Right? Mm-hmm. So for what for what glory is it if when ye be buffeted for your fault, you see, is right there. I'm not even ye shall take it patiently. But if when you do well and suffer for it, you take it patient, this is acceptable, acceptable. with wow. God. Meaning mm-hmm. that it is it is part of your journey. Right? And what you realize is that the, 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 the apostles, they all love, so, they, 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 they consider suffering <laughs> and oh no. Let's quickly read 2 Timothy 1 8. 2 Timothy 1 8. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. For be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel, gospel. according to the power of God. But be thou partaker of the affliction of the gospel, according. You must, be, you must partake of the affliction. Because as you are journeying as a believer, you, you will be suffering as you are being refined. When you are, when you are being refined, you have to suffer. Because a gold must pass through fire. Yes. But it is not a suffering that of, you know, poverty and all those kind of things. Maybe sometimes the Lord arranges that some things are not coming around your wife for your own salvation. Does not mean you'll be poor forever. No. The Lord knows how to arrange different kinds of suffering for you. But don't confuse suffering for affliction because 
not and when I say affliction, affliction that is not of the gospel. There's a different one. Those like Satan can try to afflict you, but it's not of the gospel. That's different, right? For example, some people might be sick and say, "No, I want to be sick and be the Lord suffering." Mm-mm. That's not the mm-hmm. kind of I'm suffering for the Lord. Don't don't have that kind of mind. Mm-hmm. But the suffering is that people were this the, the, the apostle they love suffering for the sake. The land, like this scripture says, you know, you are better for your fault, all those kind of things. You might imagine as a child of God, maybe they slap you, can't slap back. It's some kind of suffering. I mean, I'm just making it mild, but it's, it's a lot much more than that, right? It's a suffering against things. For example, you want to do things that you, the Lord is saying you should not do, and you don't want, I mean, let's say you are having temptation to do it. It's a kind of suffering. The Lord is being led by the Lord, it's a kind of suffering. When the Lord is leading you and you want to go some in a different direction, you have to suffer yourself to follow the Lord. It's a kind of suffering. Yes, sir. Hmm. So when you are seeing suffering, you'll be seeing suffering different. It's suffering also brings about changes of nature. So, for example, you are the person, the kind of person that likes to slap anyhow. And the Lord is saying, don't slap anymore. It's a kind, I mean, you know, your hand will want to, the moment somebody does something that requires a slap, they want to move the hand quickly. <laughs> And then the Lord will tell you, no, don't, don't raise that hand. You know, it's a kind of sorry, but you have to obey. Now we'll read mm-hmm. a, a few quick scriptures, and then we'll see, and then we'll move to the next verse. The Hebrew verse said, though, where son, yes, he led obedience by the things which he suffered. <laughs> Thank you for that verse. So you can see that obed- to obey the Lord is some kind of suffering as against disobedience. Mm-hmm. Right? You have to suffer disobedience to obey. So all kinds of the suffering in the Lord is to make you refined, is to make you much more precious than gold. So there is you have you will fellowship with those kind of stuff because day in day out you'll be fellowship with the Lord and the Lord asking you to obey Him. You will fellowship with those not that thing, that kind of stuff will be part of your fellowship daily. Amen. Amen. Now let's quickly read Revelations uh, chapter one, uh, where John says, "I am your fellow brother in tribulation." Aha, says I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom of patience. Now you see, every time you have tribulation, you see that entrance is by the door. Every time you suffer, there's you are about to enter into something in God. You see, by much tribulation shall we enter into the kingdom? That's scripture, right? Yes, sir. Don't be afraid of tribulation. Right? Because tribulation or suffering trains and cultures your soul so that the soul would be given entrance into the knowledge of Christ and a gate entrance into the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right? All the apostles, they craved this fellowship, like we read in Philippians. Right, to make to the fellowship of his suffering, Philippians 3:10. Right? This revelation we see John being excited and being a companion, right? In mm-hmm. fellowship. <laughs> and then you have the say, uh, I believe John saying, by much tribulation, shall we enter oh, to the God. kingdom? And I said the kingdom of God so very violent, this is violent, take it by force. That violent taking it by force is not just all kinds of fight and war. It's, it's a kind of tribulation. Okay. 
Acts 14, 22 says, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. Mm. Whenever you have tribulations or, or denials, is is a ministration of entrance. So whenever there's some kind mm. of, of, of tribulation as against disobedience, as against obeying Satan, let me mm. use that word. As a when you are when you are when you are disobeying disobedience, you are suffering. As a new believer, as you are called a believer, and they are, you know they are blaming you, why are you a child of God? All those kind of things, peer pressure, like labeling, you know, the word is labeling Christians is a normal tribulation. For example, you are following God now, and you are going after your faith. They can tell you, why are you going after your faith? Uh, you should not be ashamed of your faith. For example, now you are learning Christ, you are learning uh, Holy Spirit, you are learning all these kind of things. It is not shameful to learn those things. Amen. Amen. So suffering is not necessarily associated with all these things that we naturally call them like, okay, maybe you will suffer, you will not never have money, you will be a poor person. No, that's not what suffering is. You will always be sick. It's, it's a, according to the Lord training you. Your suffering is arranged by God to train you and culture you for salvation, so that you can enter into God and move mm-hmm. into different cadres of fellowship. You can yes. move in cadres of fellowship as you are moving from one trial of your faith, meaning you are prospering, you are prospering in obedience to the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Lastly, let's look at uh unpardonable sin, what it means. But let's not forget this. Uh, I, sorry, everybody, I took a bit of our time. I'm just going to talk about this. I think it's very important. And once we're done with this, that's the end of the of the of the lesson. Amen. So we'll read Hebrews 10, 26 to 30. Hebrews 10, 26 to 30. For if we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. For if we sin but willfully, after we have what? The knowledge received. of truth. After we have received the knowledge of truth. Okay? 37, what does he say? But a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fairy indignation which shall devour the adversaries. Okay? He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sorrow punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who had trodden underfoot the Son of God and had counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sacrificed an unholy thing and had done despite unto the Spirit of grace. For we know him that had said, Vengeance belongeth unto me. I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. Amen. Let's read Hebrews 6, 4 to 6. I think that one also talks about it. 6, 4 to 6. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened, enlightened knowledge and have tasted of the heavenly gift, gift. Mm-hmm. and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, come, if they shall fall away, to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they have crucified themselves the Son of God, seeing they have crucified to themselves the Son of God afresh, 
and put him to an open shame. Okay, let's read first John 5 16 to 17. So I just want to see this we are reading and what's common among them. Yes. Question 5, 16 to 17. If any man see his brother sin a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask, and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin not unto death. Okay. Second Peter verse. Chapter 2, two, verse 20. 20 to 22. Yes. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein mm. and overcome, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For if for it had been better if for it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it done from the holy commandment delivered unto them but it is happened unto them according to the true proverb the dog is turned to his own vomit again and the soul that was washed to her wallowing in the mirror amen now amen it's important to note in all these things that one thing is common among, among them and that is the knowledge of sin knowledge. yes right now the reason why we have to talk about this unpardonable sin quickly, right? Sorry for taking our time. I was on end, uh, hopefully in the next two minutes, is that a lot of people and a lot of believers believe they've committed this sin when they have not. And a lot of people are in the psychiatric hospital, according to this, and I say, they are in the sick world because they believe they've committed unpardonable sin. But it's a lie. Satan and evil spirit is tormenting and oppressing such souls, right? and afflicting them. And sometimes it can even possess them after they have committed sins and they believe it was the unpardonable sin. And they will just start thinking wrongly about it. Right? So a lot of believers sometimes assume they've committed this sin, but this sin can't be committed without knowledge. What do I mean by that? I'm not even saying that now that you are, maybe you are, you are learning uh maybe about the Holy Spirit and you are growing in your faith. There's a lot of things now that we're learning. And then all of a sudden, maybe you make a mistake. Uh, maybe, you are, you are, you are, maybe you struggle with, uh, you, are, you are struggling with a sin, right? You are struggling with something, and then you are, you are considering it unpardonable sin. No. This one is the knowledge of, it. you have to have known the powers, tasted of the word of God. Now, and then in Peter, we are talking about these people, they're talking about the dog is turned to his own vomit. This is not an ordinary knowledge. This knowledge has to do really, you have to have the knowledge of something. Else. Let me put it this way. You have to know what Satan knows before he fell. Uh, what do I mean by that? He's a son of the morning. Uh, Say, so for it had been for, better for them not to have known the way of the spirit uh, of righteousness. That after they have known it to turn from the holy command, you cannot just know the spirit of righteousness or the way of righteousness by just being born again one day. You know, this, this, this way of righteousness is the way of righteousness of a father, or let me put it this way, of somebody that is fellowshipping with the father. 
like we've talked about different cadre of fellowship, the father, right? As the <laughs> now, this particular unpardonable sin, though, to make it simple, is knowledge of sin. If you get born again today and you make a mistake, that's not and then let one one sign that you've not committed unpardonable sin is that you when you are sin, <laughs> you felt bad about it. <laughs> you have not committed unpardonable, unpardonable sin. <laughs> this sin, you must know God and say, Yes, I know. <clears throat> Right, and don't yes, despite the spirit. spirit. <laughs> you must have known the way of righteousness. You must have been redeemed from. You must have been a sheep that's turning back mm. to a dog. So the dog mm. has returned back to its vomit. Mm -hmm. nice. So a dog returning back to his vomit, is committing an unpardonable sin. So if you make a mistake, you did not commit this sin. It is a sin after knowing the truth. Sin committed after you have known the truth. That's 2 Peter 2.20. Check it every time this sin is talked about. It has to do with having known the truth. And I must make this clear. To know the truth, it's not just knowing Jesus, and it's not just knowing the Holy Spirit. That's what scripture calls truth. It is a person. Truth, mm. all I say is not just knowing Jesus, not just knowing that, oh, I know Jesus, that's what I mean. Truth is a person, and truth is also a, you can wear truth as a nature. If I can use that statement, sure. You can. You can know truth. And when you know truth, you know a name. You can know the truth. Knowing the truth is not that I know Jesus, then I want to go and commit sin that Jesus said that you know, he has stopped me. Right? If you keep disobeying and disobeying and disobeying, maybe you know your speech will die. I mean, but this unpardonable sin is a sin after you have there's something you must have known. God, God must have been naked to you in a way. You know it, and then you turn back. It's a turning. This is this this spirit is the spirit of like uh, uh, this spirit is the same spirit that's working in those that are called the spirit of the antichrist. If you are an antichrist, means you must have known Christ and then you turn and you are against Christ. This this, this is this sin is an anti-God, mm. meaning that it is it it is unpardonable. Satan committed unpardonable sin. I guess that's the easiest way to put it. Mm. I do come and he committed because of in there are things he knew in God. I'm rounding up, right? Which is of the, I don't know if I've explained this very well, but the easiest way is you must have when you check it, you must have known exactly something. At least you must have been in the realm that Satan was when he was before he fell. But of mm. course. Right, he said that was perfect in thy ways. That means ah, you must have been perfect. I mean, we are still having little little issues here and there. And then you make a mistake. You won't see, you've not committed unpardonable sin. Right? Mm -hmm. There's some this is this unpardonable sin has to do with iniquity in a way. You must have known they're talking about having known the truth. Now, this truth thing is something you have to know. It is be it is actually beyond the teaching of milk. That's just the truth of the matter. This truth is beyond the teaching of milk, it's something you will know when you have started fellowshipping with the father and with the son. Right. Those are the kind of things. So don't assume you've committed unpardonable sin because you make a mistake. Right? You must have known the truth and turn away from it. And, and when I say turn away, it means you know it and you willingly 
Say willing, that's that we read that, that part, the first part that we read in Hebrews, willingly uh. turn away from it. As long as it's not your will, you know, maybe you made a mistake. You know, you know sometimes you have to, you know, that one has to do with wisdom too, to know, make, make a mistake, right? It's different from when you willingly, you knew, and you said, God, no, I'm going to go against you. It's a different thing. Uh. Have, it's, it's a willful sin. It's not a sin. So, so if we sin willfully, after that, we have received the knowledge of the truth. It's a willful sinning, not just a mistake. You know, you are struggling, you have weights eh? mm-hmm. that is besetting you. It's different. This is a willful sinning. Willfully, you sin. You are not crazy. You are not, you are not, you are not seduced. You are not cajoled. You will know and you said to God, no, I will disobey you. I know this is what you said, but I will disobey you. Is different, okay, and that is bring us to the end of this chapter. Now, one thing I must also mention quickly before I end is the works of the flesh. You know that we have read in the books of Galatians chapter five, nineteen to twenty-two. Those works of the flesh they are not unpardonable sin. It's something to note. It's very essential before I forget. Okay, hmm. so that Hebrews six four to six tells us exactly. So these works of the flesh, adultery, they are not unpardonable sin. Uncleanness, lavishness, uh-huh. maybe by biting and all those things uh, that they talk in First Peter chapter two verse uh, now living malice, uh-huh. they are not unpardonable sin. They are not. Don't confuse that. But this one, you have known truth, known God in a way, and said, "Lord, I am turning." Are uh, we blessed tonight? Can we just begin to uh, thank the Lord for today? We appreciate you. We thank you. Thank you, uh, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for helping us uh, to go through this uh, fellowship class. Thank you. Thank you, Father. We give you all the praise. Thank you for your mercy. Can we pray that the Lord will continue to help us to grow in fellowship, that wherever we are uh, looking to continue to grow, wherever we are uh, looking to increase, improve in fellowship, that the Lord will add to us graces for fellowship. The Lord will add to us increase of life in fellowship, wisdom for fellowship. The Lord will supply, we supply increase, increase for fellowship, for fellowship, for fellowship. Thank you, Father. Kalo Marina. Em Sony Helema, Om Sofara, my grace to fellowship with other brethren, grace to engage the Lord, grace to obey the Lord and prosper in fellowship with the Spirit that the Lord will supply in the name of Jesus. Kalomi, Em Sorara, Eranati, Em Sanama, Har Sanahi, Hamarufa. Thank you. Jesus, we give you all the praise. We exalt your holy name. Thank you, Father. Give you all the praise. We exalt your name. For in Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Amen. Thank you, Father, for tonight. We thank you. We say be now exalted. We ask, Father, that as we have prayed, that you will answer and hear our prayers tonight in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We exalt your name. For in Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Amen.